Welcome to God's Playbook with your host, Father Rico Passero. It's a 20, 10, 5, touchdown! Touchdown! Let's play ball. Friends, welcome back to God's Playbook. We continue the Holy Week Triduum. Today is Holy Saturday, where tonight we will celebrate the great gift of the Easter Vigil, the most important liturgy of our whole church year. So let's talk about the significance of Holy Saturday. Holy Saturday, if you were to go to your church in the morning, just like yesterday, a Good Friday, you will notice that the tabernacle is empty. The presence of Jesus in the tabernacle is not there. He's empty. He has been removed from your church tabernacle to signify that Jesus is in the tomb. The morning is meant to be solemn. I know in my parish and many others, confessions are heard, but no other church activity takes place. For many parishes that have traditions of Eastern roots, the blessing of Easter foods takes place around noon. As in my parish, many people bring Easter baskets to be blessed so that the ingredients that will be used to cook the Easter meal will in fact be blessed by God. Many families bring Easter baskets full of cheeses and milks, meats, and other ingredients that will be used in appreciation for the many gifts that God gives to us. A candle also is in the Easter basket, reminding us that Jesus is the light of the world. This evening, the church will celebrate her most beautiful and powerful liturgy, concluding the sacred Triduum, and this is called the Easter Vigil. This liturgy begins differently than all the others. This liturgy begins outside, around a fire. The fire that is blessed by the priest allows us to understand the presence of the Holy Spirit. You will hear the priest say, O God, who through your Son bestowed upon the faithful the fire of your glory, sanctify this new fire, we pray, and grant that by these Paschal celebrations we may be so inflamed with heavenly desires that with minds made pure we may attain festivities of unending splendor. It is there that the new Easter candle or Paschal candle, representative of Jesus, the light of the world, and that the tomb is empty, Christ is alive, will be lit from this fire. The Easter candle leads the procession into the church, a church that will not be lit, but rather in darkness. As we hear seven beautiful readings from the Old Testament, to hear of how God moved through human salvation to deliver us from sin and death, the glory of the resurrection, and God's right hand. I invite you, friends, if you've never been to the Easter Vigil, to attend one. Those who do come back year after year is such a beautiful and powerful liturgy. The first reading begins from Genesis, right from the beginning. We hear of the creation of the world, 
of the galaxy that everything God created was good and that his intention is that we were to live forever with him. We hear this beautiful account of the creation story followed by a psalm and then a prayer. And this is repeated seven times, friends. Seven times, the perfect number. Anytime you hear seven in the scriptures, it's the perfect number. How many sacraments do we have? Seven. How many gifts of the Holy Spirit are there? Seven. Seven is a significant number in the church. The second reading is taken also from Genesis, where we see the test of Abraham. Abraham, who was told by God to trust him, even if he asked for his son Isaac as a sacrifice. God the Father tested Abraham, and he tests our faith too, followed by a psalm and a prayer. The third reading is taken from Exodus, where we hear of God who protects his people from the hand of Pharaoh and frees them from slavery. This is my personal favorite passage from all the entire Old Testament canon. And as we hear of the glory of God, we sing, we sing to the Lord, Exodus 15, for he has covered himself in glory. Following the next prayer, we hear from the prophet Isaiah. The fourth reading is this idea of a God who accompanies, a God who redeems, a God who walks with us, a God who redeems us when we are oppressed. Followed by Psalm 30, we have yet another prayer. It moves us to our fifth reading, once again taken from a different passage in Isaiah in which we hear of that our thoughts are not like God's thoughts. We hear, for as high as the heavens are than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts, says the Lord. Isaiah 12 follows as we hear, with joy we shall draw water from the springs of salvation, and then another beautiful prayer follows. The sixth reading is taken from Baruch, where we hear that our God can be compared to no one else. A God who talks about covenantal love with his people. A God's love that endures forever. Psalm 19 follows, and then a prayer. The seventh reading comes from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. And Ezekiel reminds us that God's name is to be praised, that all nations will acclaim him as king, and that God will give us a new heart and a new spirit. Psalm 42 follows, and then we have our final prayer. Following that, friends, throughout the Lenten season, we have refrained from singing the Gloria, Glory to God in the highest. And so now the church lights are turned on. The Gloria is sung. And indeed, we rejoice as we prepare ourselves to go from the Lenten acclamation of praise to you, O Lord, to the great word, Alleluia. Let us rejoice. Let us be glad. He is risen. Alleluia. 
Before we hear that gospel, we have the epistle from Paul's letter to the Romans. The Christ is raised from the dead. Let heaven and earth rejoice. And so, alleluias are sung. And the beautiful account of Jesus raised from the dead, meeting Mary Magdalene, is the gospel that we are given. Friends, this longer version of the Liturgy of the Word helps us to realize that throughout human history, throughout our lives, God continues to have his fingerprint on salvation history. He continues to walk with us through all the highs and the times in which we have been close to him and all the lows in which we have pushed him away, culminating with Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. But he is alive. Christ is risen. Indeed, let the church say, Alleluia. This is a joy that cannot be completed without the presence of the risen Christ. For the cross leads to the crown of glory. The glorious reign of our God continues. Jesus has triumphed over sin and death. Alleluia. What follows now, friends, is the rites of initiation of our church, which if your local parish has an RCIA, where men and women who have either never been baptized, baptized in a different faith background, or are Roman Catholic, but perhaps are missing some of their sacraments, they would now come forward as elect in preparation to receive the sacramental grace of the Holy Spirit to become full members of the church. And so we as church gather with them as we give thanks to God for the grace and the holiness and the love of God that they will soon receive. The baptismal water is blessed. The Easter candle is dunked in the holy water, sanctifying it. And you will hear what's beautifully called as the Litany of Saints, in which we literally ask the saints of God to intercede for those who are about to be baptized and received into the church and to help all of us to grow in holiness. As you hear many saints that you may know of mentioned, perhaps one of your own favorite saints and certainly your local parish saint, may they help us to grow in holiness and inspire us to follow in their footsteps to one day become saints as well. Following the sacraments of baptism and the reception into the church, the candidates come forward to receive the Holy Spirit in confirmation. Because normally the bishop is the only one who confirms, since he is in his own cathedral, you will see your own local pastor, as I will myself, to infer the Holy Spirit upon those who are to be confirmed. If your parish does not have any candidates in RCIA, then Mass will continue as usual. But for those who are to be confirmed, they will receive sacred chrism on their foreheads as the Holy Spirit comes down upon them, giving them the same gifts and fruits of the Spirit that the apostles received on that first confirmation night, which we call Pentecost. 
Following that, friends, the prayer of the faithful is prayed in thanksgiving to God for all the blessings we receive, as well as the fact that the world is still in need of the presence of God. And so that too is celebrated. In some parishes, you may also have what's called the renewal of baptismal promises, in which you are going to be asked the creed, in which the priest will ask you to renew your own baptismal promises that were likely made by your parents on the day of your baptism. Or if you are a convert to the faith and you made those baptismal promises on your own, then you will have an opportunity to renew them. And the priest will go around and sprinkle everyone with holy water. Following that, friends, the liturgy of the Eucharist resumes the setting of the altar, and once again, Mass is celebrated. On Good Friday, this is the only time where Mass is not celebrated. It's just a liturgy of the Eucharist. But tonight, Mass is celebrated, and the most ancient prayer of the Church, which is called Eucharistic Prayer 1, or Roman Canon 1, is used, in which we glorify God for the fact that Jesus is alive and present in our midst. At the end of the Mass, a special Easter blessing is given to the faithful who are present, and alleluias are added. Mass is ended, go in peace, alleluia, alleluia, and we respond, thanks be to God, alleluia, alleluia. And so from here, the Easter season has begun, not just one day or a few hours, but 50 days in thanksgiving to God for the gift of resurrection, the gift of eternal life, and to celebrate Christ's triumph over sin and death. Friends, today our morning turns into joy. The tomb is empty. Christ is alive. Alleluia, alleluia. And so today, friends, I invite each of you to participate in the Easter Vigil Liturgy. While longer than all the other liturgies of the year, it contains great joy. I encourage each of you to enter into this liturgy, enter into the joy of this special night, and celebrate with the church and thanksgiving to God for all that he does for us. Let us also pray in a very special way for our brothers and sisters who will be received and baptized into the church tonight. Let us pray that the same vigor they experience today may continue through their lives. May they always have the joy of Jesus in their heart as they deepen their relationship with God each day. And may each one of us, as we renew our own baptismal call, continue to grow in our relationship with Jesus too. In Italian, friends, Happy Easter is said, Buona Pasqua. So an early Buona Pasqua to you all as we enter into this Easter season and give praise to Jesus, for he is truly risen. Alleluia, alleluia. For God's Playbook, I'm Father Rico. God loves you and so do I. 
If you like what you hear, please consider supporting us using any of our affiliate links in the description below via Buzzsprout, Ko-Fi, or GoFundMe. Thanks, and God bless.